Welcome to the Grace City Eugene podcast. We exist to help every person in our sphere of influence encounter Christ, experience biblical community, and extend God's kingdom. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to hello at gracecityeugene.com. Here's the podcast. Morning, family. It's good to be with you again here online as we continue in our Make Room series looking at the Gospel of Mark. I just want to welcome you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning. It's my prayer that you would be encouraged and inspired about what the Bible says about who you are and what your life purpose and calling is through this time. So thank you for being here with us. Uh, What we want to do to start out is just a simple check-in. If you wouldn't mind uh, popping into the chat box, saying hello to everyone, let us know who you're with, uh, where you're watching from. Uh, It's always encouraging to get some interaction going in that chat bar along the side of the window. So please do that. And and even as we move forward in this message, if there's something that sticks out to you, like, go ahead, oh, that was good. Um, And as I'm watching it, then I'll be encouraged and all my insecurities will melt away as well. So thank you in advance for that. But I find that using that chat feature is an amazing way to help each other see what is impactful about the message or maybe what, what we could take. I find myself when I'm watching messages online sometimes, maybe I, I get caught up in a thought and my mind drifts and when somebody uh, takes care to be like, ooh, that was good, it bookmarks it for me. It helps me to remember that and remember that as a significant moment in that message that I need to think about further. So as a member of this community receiving this message this morning, your interaction is welcomed and needed for the fullness of this uh, time together. So thank you again in advance for doing that and for telling us that you're with us and where you're from uh, here this morning. I want to start the message just talking about something that in my personal life has, has been something I've been looking at and observing a lot lately. But I find that it's just this, this time of year where we see this happening all around anyway. I've noticed that as it's gotten nicer, and as I've been looking at trying to maybe purchase a house or move into a house or renovate a house, you know, as, as we get into that mindset, I, I just see houses popping up everywhere, projects. And, you know, here in Eugene, we've seen the big track and field facility be built. And, and I've, I've really started to wonder, like, man, how much goes into these projects? Because we can look at something and then we drive by a month later and we're like, whoa, oh my goodness, how did all that happen? But there is so much care that goes into the preparation of building something or establishing something. So for instance, for those of us that have maybe been around or observed or partaken in a building of a house, let's say, there's so many steps that have to happen for that to come to fruition. For instance, you have to go to an architect or a designer to get plans for that house. You don't just kind of on the fly and be like, oh, it looks like a good place for a wall. Like you go to an architect, a designer, you make sure that the plans will work out and that they can get approved for permits and all of that. And then you have to choose the right contractors and the right laborers, the right team to carry out those plans. And then you have to break ground. You literally have to like take away whatever may be existing on this plot of land to prepare the space for the foundation to be built and for this home to be built upon it and then later lived in. There are so many steps in establishing something or building something. And the reason I share this with you today is just to get you in the mindset to receive a message about building something, making room for something, seeing something established because our scripture today addresses the initiation of God establishing his kingdom on earth 
through the message, life, and work of Jesus Christ. That's what we get to read about and dive into today. And today's sermon is titled, Make Room for the Kingdom. Make Room for the Kingdom. And although we may have some idea of what it looks like to build something or establish something here on earth, like a home or a business, today we're going to learn what it looks like for the kingdom of God to be built. And to do that, we're going to look in the book of Mark, you guessed it, spoiler alert earlier, we're going to look in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20, and I'd encourage you to read along on your screen or in your Bible with me. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once... They left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So, so what do we see happening here? You guys, there's a, there's a narrative that's developing as we go through this chapter. And we, it started with John the Baptist, right? Then we went to Jesus's baptism and then his temptation. And now we see like he's, he's at the helm. He's stepping up and he's starting to be the main voice in Capernaum on the Galilee preaching. And we see that John now is put in prison. And Jesus's response to that is it's go time. It's go time. John has been imprisoned. The message must move forward. He leaves Nazareth, and he starts preaching in Capernaum. And his message is one that's, that's familiar to those who had heard John preach, because Jesus preached to repent and believe the good news. He also says that the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. It's about to go down. And the way he called people to prepare is to get right with God and to believe the good news of his kingdom. Believe the good news of his kingdom. And then we see him call these four fishermen from their vocations and from their family members to follow him. And not just to follow him and wander around, but to follow him with a mission and a purpose that is to fish for people. Now, what was the response of the men he called that we see here? Did they say, well, ah, let, me, let me think about it. I've got to evaluate the pros and cons, make a list, weigh out my options here. Did, did these guys say, well, let me consult my mentors and my family and friends and I'll get back to you? Or to put it in today's terms, did they say, yo, Jesus, let me check my schedule and I'll shoot you a DM if this is going to work out? No, that is not at all what we see happen here. It says, at once and without delay, they dropped their nets and they followed him. Now, similar to when we build something like a home, there are necessary steps that need to be taken in order to build something. To make room for something as significant as the kingdom of God, there are steps that needed to happen. So we understand, we reviewed what was happening in this scripture, but I believe there's a few things that God really wants to speak to us that we need to learn and put into practice uh, as we are a part of establishing 
his kingdom here. Before we get into those points, I'm going to pray for us. So God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your Holy Spirit uh, speaks through your people. And God, I pray that just that would happen this morning. You would speak through me. You would inspire the hearts of those listening, that you would motivate us into our next step in following Jesus. God, to you be the glory. And would you have your way through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So what are these steps that we need to observe in order to see the kingdom of God built? And the first one is we need to share the right message. We need to share the right message. Similar to making sure that all involved in building a home project have the same plans, the right plans, and the plans that are approved by the one in charge, God's people need to share the right message, the message that is approved and endorsed by the king. And the time's come. John has been preparing the way. Now he's in prison, and it's Jesus' turn. And he says the kingdom is near. His message is the kingdom is near. See, he taught both a present and a future dimension of the kingdom. Oftentimes we can get caught up and confused about, okay, Jesus is here, the kingdom is near, but he also says it's here but not yet, and and how does that all work out? The best interpretation of the data is that the kingdom has been inaugurated through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, but it awaits consummation in the future. Jesus proclaimed the kingdom as both present and future, as already, but also as not yet. Now, with the appearance appearance of this Messiah, King, the kingdom of God has drawn near in the person of Jesus Christ. And now man is confronted head on with the kingdom, the reign of God. And as he comes, he gives two commands, which should sound familiar because John preached one of them. The first is repent. He's saying, hey, the kingdom's near. It's about to go down. You need to repent. You need to turn from the ways that are separating you from God and turn back to him. Turn back to him, a radical change of direction, pursuant of God the Father. That is what he's saying. And the second is he's telling them, believe the good news. Because when one encounters the kingdom of God, repentance is complemented by belief in the gospel. They work together. One complements the other. You see, repentance notes that we turn from sin, and belief highlights what or whom we turn toward. Let me say that again. Repentance notes that we turn from sin, but belief highlights what or whom we turn toward. And here, as Jesus is declaring this or preaching this, both repent and believe are present imperatives. We are commanded to live in a state of repentance and trust. This is not just a a call to some momentary, one-time decision that has little, if any, lasting effect. This is a life-altering change, a radical transformation to our life orientation, to the direction in which our life is heading. A king has arrived, and he rightly demands that we follow and radically obey him. This is the unchanging and uncompromising message and vision of the eternal kingdom of God. We must share the right message. 
The second thing is we need to follow the right king. It sounds like a, well, yeah, but, but bear with me on this. We need to follow the right king. There are so many things that we can follow and look to. And it's important that we share the right message and follow the right king. If the people of a kingdom are not following the same king, there will be divisiveness, disunity, and an inherent distrust permeating the culture and the relationships of that kingdom. We need to know who the boss is, who is in charge, and we need to make a choice to trust him and to follow him. Could you imagine if, if laborers on a home building project decided that they knew better on their little part of the entire project and they just did whatever they wanted or thought would be best on their given assignment. They may think in their very narrow point of view, in their acute scope of their work, that they know better. But to the supervisor, the boss, he has a different perspective. He has a different perspective on this. But you could, the laborers could think that, oh, I, I know better. But the boss knows all the pieces. He knows how they are planned, how they work together, all the contingency plans, all the things that could go wrong, and all the ways that they've thought out and calculations that have been made to move forward with the overall project. And that is why, that's why it's important to have a boss, someone in charge who has the information needed and the power and ability to make the decisions and take the steps necessary to see a project through to completion. You need the right king, the one who has a perspective that is much broader and has much more knowledge than you do, one that you will submit to and follow because his ways are good and he cares for you. And the right king for you to follow is Jesus. In just the first 15 verses of the book of Mark, we see Jesus declared to be the Christ the Son of God, the Lord, the Mighty One, the Worthy One, the One who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, the Anointed One, the Beloved Son, the One who pleases God, the One who brings the Kingdom of God. All just in 15 verses. That is the King who is qualified, who is worthy for you to follow. The Kingdom of God has come near because the king is here. Everything has changed. Nothing will ever be the same again. The hour of decision is now. So what is your response to that call? What will be your response? The final thing we see Jesus doing is he's initiating the establishment of the kingdom of God. Is he's got to find the right people. He's got to find the right people. Just like any project that we may try to accomplish here on earth, it has to have the right people to bring it forth. But similarly, a great movement must have the right people to get its message out. The four men we see in these verses were all established fishermen. And Jesus took this opportunity to call them to a new vocation and a new intimacy with himself. See, Jesus looks for men and women who will commit to him, who will learn from him, who will deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow him. There is no prerequisite of following him. It is a call of grace, it is a gift. 
He does not tell them to improve their moral character or their social acceptability. Jesus finds them where they are and he simply calls and says, come, come as you are, but come and you must come now. Follow me. And they are to follow immediately and in faith. Now, this was a radical call, as you can imagine, for these, for these fishermen. But it's no less radical for you and I today of a call to come and follow Jesus. You see, these men were not trained and certified by the local synagogue as legitimate, educated teachers or scholars. They hadn't completed Bible school. They hadn't got their master's or doctorates in some seminary. They were simply called by God, anointed by God, full of faith and chosen to walk in obedience. And Jesus used them to spread his message all over the land and eventually to partner with the Holy Spirit and establish the first local church. As we consider this, what it looks like to be the right people, I believe this needs to be said this morning. And I pray that your heart is in a place to receive this and be encouraged by this. But God is calling you. He's calling you closer to him. He's calling you into a deeper relationship with himself. He's calling you onto mission with him. He is calling you to partner with him in establishing his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. He's calling you by name. If Jesus were in this room with us right now, I believe he would tell you to stop disqualifying yourself and stop making excuses and heed the call to follow him, to fish for people and to see his kingdom come. To see his kingdom come. I mean... Look around, read the news, talk to somebody who's hurting, who's experiencing brokenness right now. It's not, it's not hard to see that we need the kingdom of God to come and reign in more fullness here on earth. It's not hard to see. We need the ways of God and the heart of God to flow into this world to restore it, to redeem it, to eradicate not only this virus and sickness, but to eradicate prejudice, bigotry, racism, hate, and injustice in this entire world. And we can sit here and pray about it. We can sit here and cry out to God to fix it. But also we can choose to say yes to him, to his call to follow him. Not to passively observe, but rather to actively engage in the things that God would have us engage in. To let our hearts be broken for the things that break his heart. But it all starts with a choice. If we want to see this happen, we want to see this come to fruition, there's a choice to be made. A choice to say yes to following him. Now, what will that look like, Pastor? You may be asking. What, what will that look like to say yes? I need, to, I need to get my information. You want the honest answer of what that will look like? I have absolutely no clue. I don't know what that will look like for you. I don't know all the fullness of what God has, has designed in you, your purpose and mission, and how he will use those things in you to make an impact in his people, if you will choose to follow him. 
but he knows. And I assure you it will be worth it. You may not see the impact now. You may not experience the fullness of the seeds that you sow now, but it will be eternally worth it. It will have lasting implications on the people of God. If you will choose to say yes, walk in obedience and follow him and fish for people. This call to follow Jesus is unconditional. In essence, he puts before us a blank contract. And he says, hey, sign at the bottom, and I'll fill in the rest as we go. I'll fill in the rest as we go. And this is what it means to be the right men and women with the right message and following the right king. Full of faith. Because Jesus called ordinary people to follow him into extraordinary work. As disciples of Jesus, we must redefine our purpose and become fishers of men, fishers of people, and join him in his work to reach others. If you're willing to be one of those ordinary people that follow Jesus with all their heart, all their mind, and all their soul into extraordinary work, I want you to type amen in the chat right now. Just go ahead and do it. Don't be shy. No one can see your face right now anyway. I'd encourage you, go ahead and type it. And praise God that he's working on your heart and on others' hearts right now. He's drawing you and others near to him. He is calling you, saying, come follow me. Let's fish for people together. He's not saying, hey, here's your assignment. Go do it and report back to me the fruits of your labor. He's saying, hey, come with me. Follow me. Let's fish for people together. Will you care about the things that I care about? Will you join me in this mission to bring redemption and wholeness to a world that is desperately broken? Will you join me in that? Will you join me in that? And if you typed amen in the chat as a way of responding, good on you. That's going to be the easiest step you've taken in following Jesus. It'll get more challenging. There will be hard conversations. There will be hard times. But there will also be more rewarding times. And it will be so worth it as you get to follow him and see the gospel, the good news of the kingdom coming, impact and infiltrate others' lives. If you responded to this call this morning and you know that you need to follow Jesus with all of your being, I want you to click on the button that just popped up in the chat and let us know so we can follow up with you and talk you through what the next step may be for you in engaging with the mission of God through this local expression of church. And my final challenge for us this morning is this. Somebody that you know that you talk to daily or weekly is also being called by Jesus right now. They're being called to follow him. And I want you to ask God who that is that's in your life that he's calling and wants to speak through you to. And I want you to take the next two days and I want you to pray for them as much as you possibly can. Every time you think of it, pray for them. Pray that God would reveal himself to them. Pray that the Holy Spirit would go before you and pave the way for a conversation. Pray for them every chance you get for two days. And on the third day, 
on the third day, you see where I'm going here. I want you to reach out. I want you to talk to him. I want you to share with him the good news of new life that you've experienced. I want you to share with him what hope looks like for you. I want you to ask questions about, do you have any belief in God? What's your faith paradigm look like? And then I want you to listen and hear them and care about them and engage in a dialogue with them. And I believe as we pray for two days and on that third day, we go in boldness and have conversations with those that we've been contending for to come to the knowledge and faith of Jesus Christ, that dry bones will rise, that there will be new life all around us, and that God will be bringing revival in this place. But it starts with a choice to say yes to a call to follow him who is worthy. He is the right king with the right message, and he has called you and said, you are the right people to follow me and engage in this. You are the right people. It's not about looking out there and trying to assess who the right people might be. It's about looking in the mirror and saying, God, you have created me in your image with a purpose. I am the right person to say yes to the call to follow you. So be bold, be courageous, because God has called you, an ordinary person, into extraordinary work with him with him. And that's amazing news. And I pray that each of us would be activated in that in a whole new way in these coming days. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to actively engage with you in bringing redemption to this world that so desperately needs it. Father, I pray for each person right now that maybe is unsure of what this looks like, that you would help them to be bold and courageous and take a step of obedience and saying yes to the call to follow you and fish for people. God, with this good news that you entrust us with and invited us into, would it just overflow into this world? Would you bring redemption and restoration and reconciliation amongst all the people of this globe? We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, I love you. I'm grateful for you. I'm excited to see what our heed to, to, to respond to the call, uh, what it would yield in our city. I believe in you. God knows you. He knows what you're going through. And nevertheless, he says, let's do this. Buckle up. This is going to be fun. So as we, as we close, I just want to invite you to join us in the Zoom room for our weekly time of digital fellowship. The link will be posted in the chat. The meeting ID will be flashing across the bottom of this screen. And I just want to encourage you right now, hop in that Zoom room and let's talk about this. Let's even pray for, for those names. Let's discuss what questions we may have. Let's engage as a family in this good news, this message that we've been entrusted with. Amen. So I'll see you in the Zoom room, and I'll see you at Life Group and next Sunday. Have a great week.